with Rob and Marty tonight. And tonight we have a first interview of the night. Of the Heck season. yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have our friend Connor here tell about his incidents that he had in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Is that right, Connor? Yes, sir. All right. Well, you go ahead and take it away and tell us what happened. Sounds good. Well, this took place um, at, uh, I guess, in the age range between maybe six to eight years old. Um, took place outside of Hutchinson in a, what I would call like a farmhouse. Um, I guess to get right into it, um, prior to moving into the house, I had like a, a normal childhood, uh, specifically when I come to like bedtime, didn't have any night terrors, didn't have any bad dreams, anything like that. We move into this house and, um, I started having, uh, almost, almost every night, um, having night terrors where I, I would wake up. Um, according to my parents, I'd wake up screaming. Um, and I can recall waking up at times just in a panic. Um, and so I, there were countless nights where I remember going to bed, um, in my parents' bed, trying to finish off, um, getting a, a full night's sleep as a child. Well, um, we were, we were going to a church at that time and there was a, a couple that went that they'd actually been going to that, that same church since before we had, and the pastors that were, that were teaching there at that time, they'd been going to that church for a long time. Um, brother Floyd and, and Lorraine. Um, so my parents took me to go see, uh, brother Floyd. Um, cause he was very, he's, I guess I, maybe you could say like knowledgeable in the faith. Um, and, and so in the process of taking me to them, my parents said that, uh, on the way driving over, I was fine. I didn't have any issues. Um, we get there, we get to their house. I was fine. We walk inside and, and when I guess brother Floyd tried to approach me, I started screaming. I started like, as if, um, I guess the equivalent to how I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night. Um, I, I wouldn't let him get close to me. Um, and during that time, he said that he felt a couple different, I guess, like spirits, um, the spirit of fear, uh, the spirit of torment, and then the spirit of witchcraft. Um, and that's when my parents knew there was something going on. And so that night, they, they brought me home. They sat me on the couch in the living room. Um, this had a basement and an upstairs. And so they went through the house and they they prayed and, and were I guess in the process, kind of blessing the house, anointing the house. Um, they get up to my bedroom and they said that they, they prayed and they could feel stuff like move in the bedroom, not like not physically see anything move, but they, they, were, they could sense something like a presence in the room. Um, so in the process of, of kind of addressing the spirit of fear and the spirit of torment, um, they said that they could feel things move and the dogs would bark. We had dogs at that time, and they would bark outside when when things would move. And then they said that they went to approach the spirit of witchcraft, and they said that they could almost feel that presence um, take over the room. Like uh, my dad was explaining, because I, I talked to him about it recently, and he said it's as if it almost had wings, because you could feel something open up and, and take over the room. And they said that that was a hard thing to deal with. It, it like to, to, you know, cast it out, if you will, but also just a presence to be in. They said it was a very intense situation. Um, 
But from that night going forward, I didn't have any more night terrors. That was the last night that I had ever dealt with anything. And even in my adult life, I <laughs> I don't wake up to any bad dreams or anything like that. So that was really the last time that I can remember ever dealing with anything like that. Um, um, I have one question. Um, yeah. Is there, is there a, what faith is our, was your family at the time? So... Um, raised non-denominational christian okay would be the would be the term um if uh, i don't want to step on anybody's toes but like i always heard like tongue talking christians because they you know they uh pray in tongues that was something that i was raised in um are you guys familiar with non-denominational yes yeah yes we both are okay yeah okay so that's that was that's uh, even even to this day my parents are ordained pastors at a at a church down here in Arizona so I'm still very involved in the faith myself not so much but um, having like a foundation it's more than a moral compass of knowing right from wrong I definitely have a sense of like the spirit realm very conscientious of the concept but yeah um, what's interesting is and I. I kind of pick my dad's brain when I was talking to him uh the backstory on the house and this is where I think things get really interesting um and why I associate this scenario what's that what you just already said is very interesting if it gets better than this I'm highly happy (laughs) (laughs) no it it gets pretty wild because um as noted we, we were going to a church and there was a family that was also going to that church um and they were the prior residents to the house. Um, they had stopped going to the church uh, after a period of time, and I never understood why, really. And so that that's what um, really kind of piqued my interest in talking to my dad about it again. And come to find um, the family, there were, there were a handful of kids, like four or five children. Uh, a couple of them were about my age. Um, the mom started um i guess started hearing um she said the voice of god and god was speaking to her directly and i don't know if you want to associate that to um other faiths Uh, even even a non-denominational christian like in the book you can hear people would would get you know word from god or um in the mormon faith you know um joseph smith got spoken word from god you know in, in different different things like that but um, also in like the concept of automatic writing, if you're to look at it from a non-spiritual realm, you know, people start getting into automatic writing. And so the mother started hearing the voice of God and she started writing this stuff down. And what I found extremely interesting, and, and this is something that I didn't know, is my, so my bedroom was upstairs. Uh, you'd hook a left on the hallway and my folks was upstairs and you'd hook a right she would sit on the stairs at the top of the stairs and that's where she would do all of her writing. And this took place for, I guess, years. And that's part of the reason why they stopped coming to the church um, was, I guess, the mother's lack of need. She felt that she didn't need to go to the church anymore. At that, I guess she stopped reading the Bible as well because she was speaking directly to God. I'm sorry, I don't mean to... (laughs) I don't mean to cut you off, but I got a question. Is there any yeah. is there any physical reference of what she wrote down? Is there anybody who has possession of that? No, that's that's where um, 
I, I asked my dad if, if we ever saw any writing or anything like that. We never saw anything. Um, there was, I, I don't want to uh, say any names, but That's we were fine. family don't, friends. Don't say any names. We, with, don't, we don't need names. Okay. Uh, we were family friends with another family who was very close to this family as well. So we knew them. Um, like growing up, I went to school with, with one of the kids. So I was pretty close with one of them, but I didn't know them that well. Um, but we were associated to another family that confirmed a lot of this and uh, they confirmed that it was a notebook. Like she was writing day after day. This wasn't something that was like on a whim every weekend. She was writing every day, almost every evening. And, and that's where my parents started realizing that that might be where the door was open to the spirit realm. Oh yeah. Um, when, when things kind of crossed the line of, you know, taking things out of the Bible and then, you know, maybe opening up a realm and hearing other voices. Um, again, I don't want to step on toes or, or drop any names, but that's where my parents think that um, some of these spirits might have might have come into the house, whether it be through her directly or if the presence was there prior to, maybe. Um, but I know she continued to write even after moving out of that house. So that was something that Holy went with her shit. as well. <laughs> Wow, that's that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know that uh, that's that was something that really kind of stuck with me. That I've I've I, I even tried to talk to the better half about it, and she's like, "I'm too susceptible to this kind of stuff to hear a story like that." So <laughs> I appreciate you guys like hearing out this oh, story. Right. I know it's oh, don't worry, me, me and Marty <laughs> are probably two of the most jaded people you ever meet. We're kind of right. corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And please ask any questions if you guys have any. Questions you just tell us your story, man. We'll just cut it. We'll just cut in when we feel like answering a question. All right. You just tell us your story. Well, that's that's pretty much it. Of um, no, I guess. Uh, what's that? No, I, uh, when we talked on Instagram and that, didn't you mention something about a Ouija board or? So I, in talking with my parents, the Ouija board didn't take place in our house. That, that took place in another residence. Um, so the, the Ouija board wasn't ever present in our house. I thought that was something, um, but I think that would have been more so hearsay. Okay. No, but that's a very interesting story. This all took place like in Hutchinson, Minnesota, correct? Yep, yep. It took place. So, you know, um, if you're familiar with like uh, Litchfield and yep, Dassel, yep. is between like Hutch and Litchfield. It, it's uh, once you start getting out on the county roads, I, I could try to find it on a google maps um but it's out there in the corn <laughs> that's where like <laughs> oh that's nice out in their corn oh, wonderful. it was just out in the middle of nowhere yeah now i man i don't know the 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 whole with her speaking uh to god, god speaking to her yeah god speaking to her that that's such a dangerous line especially if there was mm-hmm. something already there that knew yep. what to pray on with her. And I, I'm not saying, well, maybe she was communicating with God, but if, if it's pushing her out of the church and kind of away from the rest of that group, you have to really wonder what she was writing and what it was whispering into her head, you know, all that. Exactly. Time. Yeah. I would say that's definitely probably the, uh, a good guess of what helped spark things up. Mm-hmm. Right, the catalyst, yep. Yeah. And, and it's one of those, like, when, when you said you first moved in there and started having night terrors, my first thought is, well, you know, at that age, it's a big change. You're moving somewhere else. 
but all the other stuff kind of blows that out of the water. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's not just uh, adjusting to change, man. There's something. And I can understand that that feeling, like you said, your, your dad was describing with, like, the, the wings almost a breathing in that room, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's – I've been into places where there is a different atmosphere to it, and you can feel it palpably as you walk through the door, and you're just like, uh-oh, <laughs> Something is off in this place here. Oh, yeah. man, that'd be terrifying. Man, especially as, like, what, you were six? Yep, between six and eight. Oh, man, that's uh, crazy. Not fully understanding what was going on, but no, oh, yeah. there was something wrong. So, uh, besides this incident with that house, have you had any other um, paranormal or different type of situations you've been in throughout so your life? That's where, I did mention that I had dabbled in... And I said, I, I said, even when we were talking, you'd think I'd know better. Um, but after moving down here, um, you'd say maybe making poor life choice, poor life choices. Right. Um, I don't know if it was a, in a group of three other people. One of us had come across a Ouija board, and so we did have an experience. We had myself and two of the people specifically. Um, we had played with it probably five to six times. Um, the last one was actually with a group of five of us. So it'd be three plus two. Um, and that, that last experience was kind of the turning point in the last time I've ever done anything like that. So I'd say things escalated every time we played with the Ouija board. I don't even want to say we, I don't want to use the term play because it makes it sound like it's a game. Right. <laughs> it's definitely that- not, but um I'm, I'm, would you guys be interested yes. in hearing that yes oh, we would yeah. god yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so um uh, where to start uh the I beginning guess the, the first time that we played with the ouija board obviously we're we're quite apprehensive or kind of doubting the the legitimacy of things right we were a good group of friends so i i, I think i could say that i I trust them in knowing that when they said that they weren't doing anything and I know that I wasn't messing with the board or, you know, putting my own, my own, you know, force behind moving the, the, as the little dial thing that you put on top of the board. I'm not even sure what the name of that is. Planchette. Planchette. Um, A planchette. It's It's called called a little heart shaped thing. It's called a planchette. Yeah. (laughs) that guy uh, <laughs> that thing it's not a guy it's a thing that, I, I would almost call it a doorway because that's they, they talk that when you're done playing you're supposed to say thank you and goodbye that's, yes. I'll, I'll get into some of some of that later it, that was a very interesting experience playing with some of this or, or speaking with some of these spirits it's not everybody wants to be done talking <laughs> um, so we the first time that we that we sat down and had an experience with this. We're in a, and one of the friends, dad's, his little, uh, man cave, his garage, he had renovated to a little man cave. Um, lights, we had the lights on and stuff like that. It was maybe midnight. Um, we're asking the board just general questions. Is anybody there? Not getting a whole lot of response. The, the piece would move a little bit. We turn off the lights and lit candles. And that's when things kind of took off. We, like, 
I don't know if it was maybe a lack of electronics and looking into I, it. I have kind of a theory about that. Like most people say, like, that they turn in a dark room on that candle. I think it draws your mm-hmm. attention more to the board and you're focused more on the board. And I think that has something to do with possibly drawing spirits towards you. Maybe less distraction, yep. yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention that, I guess because that that is something that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, you know, two hands on is better than one. Right. You focus in and you put all your energy into it. Cause that's what that's what the board uses. Yes, to speak as it's your energy. So you make a good point. So and that's when things really kicked off. And we lit two candles and, um, almost like what my parents would explain or what how how you'd mentioned that you could feel the room breathe um you could sense that that there was a a change in the atmosphere you know i don't want to say it was like a not like a temperature but you could like a feeling it was different um and that's when the board started moving and it it was doing some it you know yes and no's it really wasn't spelling a whole lot um we're asking it just general questions. Um, ask it who 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 uh, who are we speaking to? Really didn't respond or anything like that. Um, so there came a point when we asked, you know, is there anything that we can do to um, as uh, uh, make you stronger? Is there anything that we can do to help you speak to us? You know, trying to trying to see if there's something that we can do. So obviously, turning off the lights helped. Um, and that's the first time I ever saw, like, myself personally, like, I witnessed this board move and spell something. And it spelled the word blood. Um, and that's when we stopped playing. We yeah. just, you yeah. know, flipped on the lights. And we, even right now, I'm getting the chills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good um, indicator when it, something asks you for blood. That's usually not a very good thing. <laughs> yeah. In, in that moment, we knew. <laughs> you can finish that one. Yeah. So that's where that's when we knew that there was something up real poor gut instinct but again you'd think i'd know better I, <laughs> we played with it more than once right um again played in in the the man cave um nothing too extreme the the next extreme experience would be the last time that we played with it that's when we had two extra people and um so there'd be five of us total we had a change of setting. We're now in one of the, the other people's houses. Um, we're playing between like 12 and two again. So at that time we're firm believers in the concept of like the witching hour, yep. you know, whatever we can do to try to make things work, you know? Um, the two people that were with this time, they, they had quite the amount of doubt and the, the fact that the board would work to the point where we were playing until like 1245, maybe almost one o'clock and nothing had happened and so um myself and the two other people started almost taunting the board if that makes sense yeah, oh yeah. um we're, we're trying to make fun of it like uh because we had seen it work you know what i mean and it wasn't doing anything and i'm wondering if it had something to do with the doubt of the two other people so you talk about like if you're to talk about uh, witchcraft or voodoo that kind of stuff normally it works on people who believe I don't know right. if that's a susceptibility thing or if that's a power, but they had quite the amount of doubt until um, about one o'clock. We turn off the lights and you know had the candles going, 
and the board started moving. I'm getting the chills again just thinking about it. Um, myself and my two buddies were there, and the board starts moving, or the piece starts moving on the board, and I saw the candles move. The candles would flicker. Um, and, like, this isn't the AC turning on. There wasn't a fan on. Like, the candles flickered and would bend a little bit. And I just keep on getting the chills thinking about this. Um, I think that was a spirit moving throughout the the house or like the apartment that we're in. Um, cause we could watch, we could watch the, the candles move. And again, I said we were taunting it. So at one point I asked if you could like prove that you're here, make the room cold. And the room got ice cold. And when I mean ice cold, I mean I held my hand over the candle and almost the heat from the candle wasn't there. Like it was cold. And the other people, like, we were all there feeling this. And God, this is just crazy to think about. I haven't thought about some of this for quite some time. Well, I just got the chills um, when you talk about the, the just you asked for the room to cold and like boom, the room went cold. I'm like, I got goosebumps just oh, thinking yeah. about that. That just freaks yeah. me out. That, that was, like, the first time in my adult life that I've seen the supernatural realm really, like, impact the physical realm. Other than, like, you'd say, like, you know, a, a candle's going to flicker. You know, I, I'm sure there's a scientist that could prove. But that was just insane. Yeah. Like, the room got cold. Um, One of the things that the board was doing when we asked it what its name was, it moved across the board, um, Zio, and it would go quite quick. Um, after after it started moving, the other two people jumped on. So I should note, it was all five of us on at that point. Mm-hmm. So there was, uh, you know, I think we made believers out of them. <laughs> um, wow. that, bo- that, that thing would go from Z to O just fast as could be. Um, and so obviously we, we got the concept his name is Zio, 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 you know, over and over again. Um, another thing that it would try to do is it would run down the numbers, uh, backwards. It would run from high to low. Um, and the process of trying to say thank you, goodbye. Cause we had, we had heard again that that's like the proper, the proper way to close off a session like that. Cause you can't just be done when you open a door, you can't shut it. It's, out of your hands now <laughs> yeah um we would ask we would ask it to be done and say thank you goodbye and it wouldn't it wouldn't stop it, it would continue to move you know from the numbers down um i i man i'm just getting chills thinking about this because that was that was like when you say that there's it's out of your realm of control you have no control and sometimes that gives people anxiety. It's giving me anxiety thinking about it right now. Like it was out of our control. Um, one of the last things that I asked for it to do to prove its presence again, just in, in, in the heart of taunting it, if you will, it made a lamp flicker. Like the lights were off. It made a lamp flicker and that's a light. That's a lamp that you would click on. It wasn't like a, a clap on or one of those touch. There's one that turn handle ones, hand. right? The, ones got, the one where you got to turn the little knob you're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, it's it's Oof. one where you have that little knob sticking out of it, and you have to give it a click. Yep. Um, it, it, made, um, it made that lamp flicker, and that's when we knew. So 
I'll be honest, we, we threw that Ouija board, uh, we threw that Ouija board out. That was one of the times that I can like really specifically remember me littering. We tossed that thing out. We weren't, we were done with that. Um, but that was the last time I could safely say that I have attempted faith with the spiritual realm. That's, that is not something to play with. No, doesn't sound like you had a very good experience with it at all. No, No, it was, it was all fun and games until it took control. And then it's, you know, when, when, when you ask something to show its presence and you can't see it, but you can feel it and you know, it's there. It's like, prove that there's air in the room well i can breathe you know but i can't prove that there's air in the room that thing proved its its existence right um it it it, during that time we were asking it personal things that only we would know and it was answering you know it, it 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 was more than just you know i don't know how else to explain it it was not fun and games yeah no no and and i know like you said, the first time you guys kind of freaked out, but then you went back to it. And some of that, I think, is mentally we kind of talk ourselves out of it after that mm-hmm. first time. You're like, ah, it really wasn't. Ah, maybe we were messing with it. You know, this isn't really what's going on. And you go back to it, you know, until it goes that one step too far, you know. And, and they those things do tend to do that. <laughs> Pretty quickly yeah. too. They will. So Marty, downslide. so Marty, should I go grab the Ouija board I got in my garage and bring it oh, in the house? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the creepy one. No, no. The, yeah, Connor, you know I have never told you this. Marty knows about it. Right. I have a I have a Ouija board in my closet. I uh, know in my garage that is actually the tabletop from an orphanage, and it's I made a Ouija board out of it. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, it's no from an, old, an abandoned orphanage. I found this coffee table right. in there. And I made a Ouija board out of it. You can play up to four people, male side and a female side. And the wife won't let me bring it in the house. <laughs> She's like, you can't hang that up in here. And every time one of my friends see it, they're like, get that thing away from me. I'm like, it's just a board. <laughs> I, I give you a firm handshake and a hard pass on that one. <laughs> so have you got anything else? I, that was pretty interesting. Oh, man, yeah, yeah no. Uh, you got anything no. else you want to share? No, that's that's really. Uh, there was one time when I lived in Sedona with the guy, and he was quite crazy. But that's not the spiritual. He was just a wild cat. <laughs> well, Sedona, I've, I've I've been to Sedona. My brother lives in Flagstaff, and I've been through Sedona. Sedona is. I love the country out there. Just beautiful, beautiful country. But it has a weird vibe to it. I am not lying to you. Yeah. That country yeah. just has, has this a desolation of the openness. It just like draws you in. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Yep, they say that there's there's something uh, like a healing power or you know something something like that with the red rocks out there um so it draws a lot of people out there for some type of spiritual healing and right. stuff like that and yeah it, i was working at a bank as a, a teller and that was the only time in my adult life that i've heard people in line at a bank talk about what signs they are you know i'm a cancer i'm an aquarius i'm sitting here i'm i'm in a bank trying to do business like right. you sure you didn't have wild. a time slip <laughs> you sure you didn't have a time slip back to the 70s or something right. <laughs> i'm a capricorn tell you what it, it felt like it was in a, a different place a different era for sure but it, it it was fun while it lasted but yeah that was definitely a place to visit not a place to live for me well me and Marty sure appreciate you sharing your stories, Connor. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys taking the time and 
and let me uh, shoot the breeze with you. Well, I'm, if, I'm glad you listened to us, too. That helps us out a lot. And <laughs> right. you know, Make sure you tell your friends about us, and we'll talk to you Absolutely. later. Okay, I'm going to stop. This is Rob from Edge of the Headlights Podcast. We're going to do a little bonus episode here. This guy, he works with my wife, and he just happened to come by, and he has a really interesting story. His name is Joe, and it has a, it's a story about a Ouija board and a bad thing happened. So... This is kind of traumatic for him for a little bit, so it may be a little bit hard for him to get out, I think. Is that correct, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just go ahead. I'll let you take over, and you tell your story. Okay. When I was about 13, it was... There were four of us. My sister, my friend Elizabeth, my friend Nikki, and me. Um, my sister was a Wiccan and she cut her fingers and put it on the moon and the sun on the Ouija board and we started talking to something. Did it give a name or was it, did it, did it tell us a male, female or just a, who, who did you get in contact with on the Ouija board? Do you remember? It said it was something really old. Now, did it give a name or just, or that, in that context, did it say it's just something really old? Well, it, from like Egypt or something. Well, it said it was from Egypt? Yeah. Did, now, what kind of feelings did you get from it? I, this was a long time ago. You're how old now? 31. So this happened when you were like 13 or 14, correct? Yeah. So it's been a couple decades. So you're you're allowed not to remember exactly everything that happened, but you said it, it said it was old and from Egypt. Yeah, that's what I remember from it. And then it said my friend was gonna die when she was seventeen in a car accident. Really? Yep. Yeah. So did that happen or? She did. She, she died when she was 17 in a car accident. And that was like maybe two or three years before she died that we did the Ouija board. Yeah. So, do you, I, this, this is going to be a really dumb question. Do you regret doing it? Uh, yeah, but when you're young, you do a lot of stupid shit. Well, this is true. You do a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> so, what What else, Tim? You had any other interesting things happen to you besides? That was pretty traumatic with the Ouija board, I would have to say. Not really. It wasn't traumatic? I mean, yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. We're not making, li- I'm not making light of your friend that died. That's a very tragic thing at such a young age. Because yeah. they have so much of your life ahead of you at that age, and it's just a coincidence that the Ouija board would say something like this to you. It's just weird. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, a second, Joe. I got to pause it. I have, I have a kid in the background. Yeah, folks, definitely my youngest boy does not to be here. Have to be hearing this discussion right now. So, what else have you had? Have you, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just trying to get a feel for you, Joe. Has anything else happened to you in your life that you kind of correlate back to that incident, or is it just a one-time deal? You think? Um, not really. That was a one-time deal. Uh, 
there was this one time, um, my friends, we were at their house and we kept on hearing banging outside. Is it like in, the, in town here or out in the country? Or? I was in Clark. Clark's a fucked up town. I'm, I got a story for you. You know that apartment complex? That's one. Mm-hmm. There was a friend of mine that lived there, and I pulled this on another episode, on a previous episode. He actually had a three-year-old child in that the apartment they lived in. I'm not sure exactly where it is. Like It's like a six or eight complex. And his kid came screaming out of the room saying something that was growling in their closet. And this, this it's, his kid was so scared, he called me at 11 o'clock at night trying to figure out what to do. It's like, I if I had the answers. I'm like, well, put some salt in front of the closet door and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, after that, we went outside to investigate, and I saw this shadow figure up on their roof with red eyes. Really? Yeah. I can I can tell you guys can't see this, but I'm watching Joe right now and he's like fidgeting with his microphone corner. He looks very upset about thinking about this. Does it bother you talking about this? We can stop if you want. No. Okay. Or you just have a fidgety nature by for playing with microphone cords. <laughs> I fidget. Yeah. So besides the Ouija board incident and the shadow you said you said what did it look humanoid or just like with red glowing eyes or like a cloak with like a necklace with an eyeball on it but I think those are the only two that I've really that have really happened I think when I was two maybe me and my sister we snuck into this abandoned old. How old were you and your sister? I was like two. <laughs> she was like four. Yeah. <clears throat> and when we lived in um, Esteline, we snuck into this. There was this really old house behind mm-hmm. the baseball diamond. And we kind of snuck in there. We heard chains rattling and like we saw sheets lift off furniture and stuff. It was kind of fucked up. Yeah. Now, was it no one was living at the house at the time or? No, it was abandoned. Really? And you said you didn't have any stories when you looked at that Ouija board I had in my closet. (laughs) You just got to start speaking and then we'll come out. It's fine. You're doing good. I think that's it. That's it? Yep. All right. Well, we'll just close out this episode. Well, this interview right now, and I'll edit in with something later. All right? Okay. Well, as you guys just heard, them were actually our first two interviews for the podcast. I was really excited. The first interview we had was with Connor, and that took place in Hutchinson, Minnesota. And the second one was Joe, and that just was a personal experience. There were, there's a lot to unpack in that. <laughs> there really is, man. Uh, one, I'm just super happy that we, we got the chance to actually interview these guys, and I'm glad Connor got a hold of us. Oh, yes. Uh, That's super interesting, man. It's just awesome to have a fan, you know, get a hold of us and be like, hey, this is something I was 
think. Hopefully, I'm comfortable we get, hopefully after you these guys. couple of interviews, we can get more, and that'd be, right. that'd be awesome. Oh no, it'd be great. Like I said, uh, some some of the sound quality we're we're working on, we're getting yeah. better at what we're doing, man. But these are the first ones we've we've had as far as trying to do an interview kind of stuff. But yeah, man, there is a load of stuff going on in there. It, it's well, it's a lot. Oh yeah, it is because like with Connors in Hutchinson, Minnesota, I looked it up quick while at. During the, we we recorded the episode like last week or two right. weeks ago. Yeah, it was an interview like a week ago. And we edited like out the stuff that I could edit out with my big sausage type right, figures. Right. But like in Hutchinson, Minnesota, there's another house haunted house in the town. It's called Harrington Murrow House. It is supposedly haunted by a First Nations Sioux warrior yeah. named Little Crow and his son. But there's conflicting stories with that too. Some people said he was shot out in the field and not in the house. Uh, right, right. But that's just like Hutchinson does have a lot of weird stuff, even like Litchfield. <laughs> and I, yeah, Litchfield too. I, I knew a guy who used to live there, and there was a lot of weird stuff there. And it seems to me, and I, I tried looking it up quick. Uh, I might have to do a deeper dig when I got a little more time. But it seems to me I remember hearing whispers of of cult type activity around that area back. A from the eighties something. Yeah, because I know eighties. I think it was really popular for calls. Cause well, yeah, like, I mean we had. The if you just look at if you look at the things. general theater like, movies, right, right. And there's like a bunch of satanic type. There's yeah. also during the satanic panic and all that. Right, and, and I think uh, a lot of the uh, B horror movies of the seventies helped fuel that. Yeah, which built it up. Things like Devil's Reign and some of these kind of movies. But yeah, and the satanic panic. I, I do remember that I was in grade school, and it was batshit nuts. We'll oh, get yeah. into that sometime. Yeah, that's when we a, do a show. That's of, like a of, lot to unload there. Yeah, weird stuff that the people do in, in groups that you know just get crazy. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, uh, dude, that that story is just crazy. That house. I just want to know, like I said in the interview, I want to know what happened to them pages. Yeah. That that'd be so interesting to read that to see what actually she wrote down. Yeah, what what that's, was that's, she it's being almost like told? during the interview that was like a cliffhanger. I'm like, all right, he's gonna tell us where the pages are. Oh, right, right. He's like, No. I'm like, Oh, like, come on. No man. national treasure moment no, where we're gonna go find these things, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just no, nothing against you, Connor, but man, that was like I'm like uh, I was like, Come on, we want them pages. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh please, a hint, a scrap of anything. Yeah. Even even if you would have seen something written on a wall, but She's apparently courteous enough to not write all over the house and well, just that's, that's fill, probably a nice the, thing. Ruin the paint. Oh yeah, dude. But but yeah, no. Uh, it that that curious part of me is like, what the hell was she writing down? Was she even writing in English? Was she writing it in some other language? Sumerian, Latin, was, yeah, you know, or some other like a shorthand language that right. she was told to write it in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, like even like with. Uh, I think, as he had mentioned, uh, the Mormons, John Smith, I think his second set of... of Weren't they on, like, gold records? The gold records he wrote out were actually in a a separate language to prove that it wasn't a fraud or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, because I'm not Mormon, but... Neither am I. I've looked into it a bit. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it makes me super curious, man, as to what she was hearing, you know? And, like I had said in there, it's... It's probably not a good sign that whatever it was was basically pushing her out of the church and giving her, oh, you don't need to talk to them. You but know, I think a lot. To I me. think a lot too with like non-denominational anybody who's not anybody who's really religious. There is you're more in touch. Some people seem to be more in touch with the paranormal, either the higher power right. or the lower power. Right. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they're in touch with like let's say God. Yeah. But that means they're they're more open to suggestion yeah, from exactly. something that is unknown to mod to the mod. 
the mundane guy. Right. Which makes him a better conduit not for sometimes good and sometimes bad. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes that, that the bad, it, it, when you're talking infernals, which would be demonics, non-human entities, never were human. They're not a ghost. They were, depending on what faith you believe in, fallen angels, what have you, they Holy are a Spirit. non-human Any, yeah. entity. But they are notorious for being tricksters. tricksters. That's what they do, man. They, they lie their ass off. To, to get what they want. Yep. And they are very, they've been doing it for, if it's to believe, thousands of years manipulating people to get what they want. Yeah. And that is your soul. Oh, yeah. Because I, yeah. I, my personal belief is there is something inside you. There is a soul. Yeah. I know for a fact because we're going to do right. an episode on that. Right. And I told Mari this story. And it, yeah. I believe there's an eternal soul. Right. And that's my personal belief. If you don't agree with that, that's your opinion. But yeah. My personal, in my heart, I, in my heart of hearts, I know there is a, there is something inside you that goes on. Right, a, a spark of something that makes you uniquely you, yep. not just you know the the thoughts you have, but it's a collection of everything and the energy you are. And I don't disagree with that. What it goes to after that, I don't know. We'll get into that in another show. But yeah, I I, I do agree with that, and and I think, like I said, I'm, <coughs> I know we've talked before. That uh, there are certain subjects I'm less interested in, and one of them is like angels and stuff. And not that it's not interesting, it just doesn't pique me, but it doesn't mean I don't believe that people have experience with these things. Oh, yes. Because as long as I believe that there is non-human infernal type things, I have to believe on the other end there is something balancing it out. With any podcast that deals with paranormal, if you believe in Bigfoot, you got to believe in Loch Ness. Right. You got to believe, if anybody throws it out there, you have to. You would be hypocritical if you did not believe in what they're saying. Right. You may not believe it as much as they do, but you got to think about it. And you actually said, all right, this could be possible because yeah. this, any of this stuff that we talk about or any podcast out there, it is possible. Yeah. You have to, like I've said, you have to acknowledge at least that this could be possible. If I'm willing to believe that, you know, that there is some weird lizard race living under the desert, then I also have to believe the, the, the possibility that there are angelic heralds coming down and helping people and speaking to them. I have yeah. to at least acknowledge that it could be possible. Yeah. You know, that's you just to, how You have to be is. open to everything because right. who knows one day you could be like, yep, this is going to happen. What? I didn't believe in that. Well, it's true. Then, you, then your yeah. mind breaks. And it's one of those things, too, where <coughs> I think once you start closing off those options is when you start going down one path and that at that point is your only mindset. No one's ever going to convince you of anything else, even if they show you you're wrong. And that's a dangerous thing to do, especially in this kind of field of stuff. Yeah, You have to be outside the box looking at stuff going, eh, this is possible, this is not possible. Well, one thing I really didn't like about the interview was the Z-O, Z-O, Zozo. Uh, that just creeped dude, me the uh, fuck out. And, and here, here, here it is again. It's I'm not I'm not going to say the full name out because most people that know know, but that name has become notoriously tied to very very dark uh, Ouija experiences. Now it may be that actual entity, but I, I also do believe, and there are other demonologists in that that have said it too, that basically a lot of these type of infernals they talk with each other, they let each other know. Hey, here's Jim down the street. He's weak to gambling if you want to step in on that, you know. Yeah. And it's like Angel Radio from Supernatural where they all, you know, <laughs> can, radio. You know, they all Is, is that like Angel in. Fire on the internet? Yeah, Remember man, that? Much better. <laughs> yeah. But 
But, but I, yeah. I looked up something here about Zozo. He goes by other names, too. He yeah. goes by Zozo, Zaza, Zo, Ozar, Pazuzu. Pazuzu, Does that name yes. sound familiar? Like the exorcist? Yeah, which, which they actually took, I believe it was an ancient Sumerian sure. evil god yep. when they pulled that name. But yeah, no, uh, that that name is... I remember when we were, we were doing the interview and we're sitting here, we're not saying much, we're letting him tell his story. Both of us just looked at each other like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I know he's not saying, he's just like, oh, it's Z-O-Z-O. It's like, no, it's pronounced Zozo, man. That's that's not good. That is really not good. <laughs> we're going to say one more thing about the interview. That me, it has me and Marty stumped, but if anybody out there that listens oh. to our podcast has an answer to what he says happens during the interview, and we're just going to tell you what it is right now. It's like he said when he was having contact on a Ouija board, the numbers counted down from 10 to 1 several times. He didn't say how many times, but if anybody knows the significance of that, please contact, email us, let us know what it could possibly mean. Yeah. Me and Marty never even, heard of that before. Yeah, even if you have like a theory maybe of, of why. Because I've seen lots of stories. I've dealt with lots of Ouija board stuff, and I have never seen a, a repeated countdown like that. It's like I, it's I've almost seen, like counting down to something. Yeah, what know? do we mean? These people, if they're listening to us, they've already listened yeah, to they've the already episode. listened to the show. Yeah, so we can talk about it however right. we want. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's spoiler-free at this point. Yep. You've already watched the show yep. or listened. You didn't even watch. Jesus, that's how hot it is outside. We're it's just so messed terrible. up. terrible. But, uh, no, that uh, yeah, that one really confused me. Like I said, uh, numbers I've seen used a lot by, yeah. by spirits and, and other things where they will put out a specific date, date. that's used to trigger one of the people that's in there would be like, oh, God, that's this. That's how my grandma passed. Or yeah, something. you yeah. know, or or the triple six they will do. Usually that, I have found, is more actual human spirit that is trying to freak people yeah. out when you're dealing with that because a lot of people immediately do freak on that number. Because I don't think, well, it could mean something in the more paranormal world or right. spiritual, infernal world, what 666 actually yeah. means. But we all know but, it's from the Bible. so Right, right. But yeah, no, uh, it, dude, that, that's the the blood thing, and even when you go into Joe's story of the sun and the moon with yep. that, I do know someone that had an experience with the board that was very similar to that. All right, that's breaking news. I haven't heard this before. Oh no, man, uh, and I'm not gonna get into who they were, but this happened before I knew them. But I know they were playing with it one time with their friend, and. They were on there talking to it, and it said, oh, you need to take all your gold off that you're wearing. And and then when I was being told the story, I was like, oh, you didn't, did you? They're like, yeah. I was like, oh, God, no. You know, <laughs> Gold usually represents the sun and good things. And pure. Yeah, if it's telling you to take Either that gold off, or silver is usually right. considered, considered a pure metal. Yeah. Either, you know, line to the moon or the sun. And I was like, oh, no, no, that's a bad idea. And they're like, yeah, and they wanted us to put blood on the sun and the moon. I was like... <sighs> Let me guess, you did that too. They're like, yeah. And they honestly don't remember anything after that from that whole encounter with their board other than How often do you talk, got a question, how often do you talk to these people and what I know them? I know them pretty well and so do you. Oh, okay. You know, you, you've met them. Yep. So. But yeah, it was just like, oh, oh, shit. They're like, yeah, no, we don't remember really what was said, what happened. They remember basically closing it off and that was it. I was like, oh, well, that's not 
fucking terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, like like when uh, Joe was doing his story and I first heard the interview, because I think you did that one it was a shoot with when he came to the house. I wasn't over yep. here to hear. Marty wasn't thing. here for that interview, so it was I was I was a lone gunman on that one. Right, but yeah, as soon as I heard that sun and moon thing, I was like, oh shit, yeah, no, that's <laughs> that sounds that sounds familiar. Yeah, no offense, Joe, against your sister. I, she must not be a practicing Wiccan because all the Wiccans I've ever dealt with, they would not use blood in that aspect. Right. That would be considered very bad karmic-wise. It, it is, yeah. Uh, because they believe in the threefold. Yep. What you put out comes back to you threefold. Well, that's not good at all. Right. Yeah, it's not not good at all. Anything usually involving blood tends to be powerful and usually not for good. And when it let's, comes back to you, it's going to whoop your yeah, it's, ass. It, it's an unpleasant ending to that. Yeah. See, one thing I did find about Joe's interview is the Shadow Man and Clark. Yeah. I found that with red eyes, what really piqued my interest is when he said the necklace had like an eyeball on it, which I find is very interesting because if you look at it, that's actually the, that eyeball on a necklace right. goes all the way back to ancient Greece. Oh, yeah, that goes way back. Because it's like either, because it's supposedly it's supposed to be a bat eyeball for yep. invisibility. Yep. So, that's. Uh, yeah, no, man, that's that's creepy. That's really just down the road from us, too. Oh, but yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff to come out of Clark, though, man. Yeah, so. And not just some of the people. You know, yeah. It's just weird stuff. Well, this, is, this episode is going to probably be a little bit shorter than the hour, but it is right. what it is. Because we don't we let the interviews speak for themselves, and you guys, right. anybody else who would like to do an interview, contact us. We're easy to get along with, as you can tell, in the last two inter- interviews we did. We're not a gotcha podcast. We're right. going to listen to your story and ask applicable questions. Yeah, we're, we're not going to just uh, you know booby trap you to, to no. step you into looking stupid. No, we would And then sit that. here afterwards and be like, oh, what an idiot. You no. know, we're, we're not going to do that. We're legit interested in hearing yeah, stories it's, people it's have. Yeah, because both me and Marty were a couple dads. It's very interesting to us. Right. And, my, and we have we live really hot, boring manufacturing <laughs> Right. <lives. laughs> this, We've got nothing going this on. Is, this is our break from the monotony share, of this hot-ass fun ass weather. with us. <laughs> and where I get to whip weird stories out that Rob hasn't heard before. I don't know. I don't like that. Honestly, I've got, man, I've got a few Ouija ones that... Yeah, no. It's... Well, it has to do one that's just dedicated oh, yeah. to Ouija stories. Just, just I mean, Ouija just straight stories. across the board. Say, I've probably got like another three at least of different. I don't have very many because I've tried using Ouija boards right. before. Before they, they don't like me. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Weird. <laughs> All right, Marty. Why don't you tell the people that contact us, and we'll close this off. Oh yeah, man! So uh, you can send us emails at uh, eothpodcast at gmail dot com. We're on Instagram, also on Facebook at eoth. Uh, I know you've been pretty regularly throwing up on Instagram too. photos on yeah. Instagram, and and then I'll we'll just put up a photo of you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know why they're all of me. I'm very, you know, because I'm the guy usually holding the camera, That's dude. True, How man, the you're... fuck am I going to take a picture of myself, dude? Right. Well, you can. No, you can't. You can't turn the screen around. I've turned the phone around. No, you can flip it. Around. No, you can't. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Old best. I would just like to ch- make another shout out to Connor. Thank you for your story. Oh, and yeah, Joe, man. thank you for your story. Heck yeah, man. It was great. I'm, I'm glad it took the time to uh, even get a hold of us and be like, hey. I got this for you. Yeah. It's, and a lot of times, even with stories like that, it's not stuff you tell everybody. And sometimes it's kind of nice to just get that off your chest of, of something that yeah. was in there. You know, just to be able to say it out loud to somebody else who wasn't involved. And it's not going to laugh at you. Yeah. Or make yeah. fun of you. Yeah, which we don't. going to ridicule you so. about it, you know. All right. Well, I think that's about it. 
Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Like the old saying goes, fuck normal. Normals ever want a goddamn thing. Bye. Bye.